Good morning. How are you? I'm great. What time did you start your day this morning? Oh, about well, I woke up around seven ish, and oh, had a lazy like morning of checking my emails, and then finally did a session at nine, and then <sighs> was done at ten. That sounds great. Yours was a little less lazy. <laughs> I'm assuming. I so one bad thing about moving to the West Coast from the East Coast and having a lot of East Coast clients is that they're like 9 a.m. Eastern start time, which is 6 a.m. Pacific start time, which just means this is kind of weird, actually. But I learned in opera singing that if your voice is warmed up a lot the day before, sometimes it stays a little bit warmed up the next day. Oh, even after you sleep. Yeah. I don't know why. So last night before I went to sleep, I did a lot of like, I did some singing in my booth. And then I woke up this morning at 5.30 and I had some coffee and I got in the booth at six and I sounded totally normal. So I don't know. I don't know if that helps anyone. It works for me. Yeah. (laughs) I really ideally need an hour. And Mm -hmm. usually like having eaten something, I like standing outside (laughs) Standing outside for a bit, just getting some fresh air or going for a walk or something. That really helps for me to just sort of open everything up. Oh, I did take the dogs out in the backyard, so maybe that helps. Yeah, that helps too. Um, but I, I, I didn't really do warm-ups. Do you do, you do warm-ups? No. Sometimes what I do is actually I do like <laughs> facial stretches. Because if, uh, if, if I haven't been speaking for a long time or it's like early morning, sometimes I can feel like my tongue and my face is a little... Stiff, Stiff right yeah, word? like swollen almost. Yeah. Like you can't move it fast enough because exactly. you're not as agile in the face. Yeah, so sort of stretching <laughs> makes everything sound wrong. Um, agile anyway, in the face. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> None of this is what we're talking about oh, today. No, what are we talking about today, Jamie? We are talking about pay to plays or online casting, as it is otherwise known, um, and all the fun that goes along with that. I like referring to it as online casting more than pay-to-plays. Yeah. And I'm trying to get people to change their language when they talk about it because a lot of these sites are not actually pay-to-play. They're just online casting sites where you don't have to pay anything and you just, you know, have access to to stuff. And some you have to pay and you don't get to play all the time anyway. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. I started my career on online casting sites, and I didn't even realize that there was an industry beyond online casting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I took some classes in LA with a teacher who said, and this was like in 2012, and my teacher said, you know, there are these online casting sites, and this is where you get opportunities, and I thought, ooh, that sounds good. So I joined, I didn't join them right away, actually. I knew about them, But I waited until I had some experience under my belt. And if you've heard any of our previous episodes, you might have heard that I started doing audiobooks on ACX.com, which is one of the sites where you don't have to pay anything to join. 
Um, so I created a profile on ACX. I uploaded like a bunch of audiobook samples, which I recorded in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house <laughs> while I was visiting them. And, uh, and I was kind of off to the races. And it wasn't until I had had probably like two years of experience, maybe a year and a half of experience just recording myself before I went on to Voices.com and Voice123 first. Mm. What about you? Well, I had a bit of a leg up insofar as I had a lot of recording gear and recording experience. And the plan, because this was back in the UK, and we had this plan to move to New York, ostensibly for me to work in music, but it's not easy just to up sticks and go to another country, particularly somewhere as competitive as New York, and just have a career from nothing. I had a few connections, but that's about it. So I thought, well, I'm moving to America. I've got a British accent. Maybe I can somehow like monetize that. And I signed up to Voices.com. Back then, it was a month-to-month thing. So it was like 30, 40 pounds, I think it was a month. So the barrier to entry for me, at least to dip my toe in the water, was fairly low. And I had some recording gear. I mean, admittedly, I was recording in my living room <laughs> on my computer we had in our living room and didn't sound amazing. <laughs> but As we I, all did yeah. in 2000. Yeah, I, I forget what, what microphone. <laughs> I think it was a... A C1000, which is like a kind of a shotgun mic, but not really. Um, anyway, I signed up to Voices and put a couple of dreadful, you know, recording clips up there, possibly Falco Scrabble featured. And <laughs> um, I think Falco Scrabble needs his own online casting. <laughs> someone's bound to. Someone's bound. Maybe I could start a like an erotic novel <laughs> career. <laughs> That's the worst erotic novel name ever. Um, Falco Scrabble. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I've just outed just myself. Sounds like anyway. a person. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like a person who would be dominated by someone in a novel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, I scrabble, saw... <laughs> scrabble. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, oh, I never no. should have revealed this. But anyway, I set up my profile, and I was like, I booked a gig within a week, and it was like 150 yeah. bucks. But I was like what? <laughs> I made my membership fee up straight away. And this was 2009. And it was mind blowing. I was like, wow, I just read this thing. I actually remember I was on the way home and the guy called me up. He was a Canadian guy and he just called me up on the phone and I spoke to him. And he was in kind of a rush. And so I got home. I don't know if this was like an anxiety thing or what, but I had just like a crazy sneezing fit. <laughs> before I started recording but like the <laughs> clock was ticking I was like yeah I can get it back to you by eight and it was like 7 45 or something and it sounded awful like not only because I was completely inexperienced but I you know I was like because you just were been sneezing, sneezing the whole way through <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh but I booked the gig and I got paid and it just sort of I caught the bug I mean I caught the money bug more than the voiceover bug I was like whoa this yeah. is this is easy little did I know that's not <laughs> That's not typical. But yeah, very low barrier to entry and um, slowly grew. Yeah. What was your next step? So after I had... So the thing about audiobooks and starting in audiobooks that I love, that we talked about a little in the Fiverr episode, I had so many 
hours of experience behind the mic recording myself for almost like no pay because I was doing a bunch of royalty share books on ACX.com, which if you don't know, um, means that you get paid zero dollars up front and then you get paid a percentage of the sale of every book. So at the time it was 25 percent of every sale. So if the book cost ten dollars, I would get two fifty mm-hmm. per sale. But the books often cost 99 cents. And (laughs) and now it's 20 percent and not 25 percent. So that that was tricky. But the the thing that I did get was hours and hours and hours and hours of experience behind the mic recording myself. So when I felt like um, when I when I went on Voices.com and Voice123, looking at the rates on there, I was like, oh, man, I'm getting paid $150 per finished hour right now or $0 per finished hour. And I could get paid like $100 for a two-minute video? Yeah. What? (laughs) I had no experience. I had no idea that different genres paid different rates. I had no idea that commercials were supposed to pay like a ton of money and audiobooks were not because it did not that did not make logical sense to me. Why would something that's 15 seconds pay 50 times as much as something that's 15 hours? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just didn't make sense. I know I know more now. The more you know. <laughs> and I do better now um, when it comes to rates, but I just had no idea. Absolutely no idea. But I had a lot of recording experience. And so when I joined um, the online casting sites for videos and commercials and all the other work that's available there, I feel like I had I was a step ahead of a lot of people who joined with zero experience because I knew how to record myself. And one of the first jobs I ever booked uh, was a job to explain gameplay in Halo oh. <laughs> with Microsoft. Wow. And they were like, we want to do a directed session. And I was like, okay, what is that? <laughs> and they're like, we'd like for uh, us to be on Skype and for you to record yourself on your end. And please send wave files that are 24-bit, 48 kilohertz. And I was like, great. <laughs> I can totally do that. What the hell is that? No idea. So I called my brother, who um, is an audio engineer and musician, and I was like, hey, so I recorded this whole session in GarageBand live. (laughs) And uh, so now it needs to be this specific file format. And he was like, oh, GarageBand doesn't do that. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) So we had to, like, convert the file and hope they didn't notice. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, that was that was cool. Do you think you would have started your career in voiceover had it not been for the online casting sites? Because I definitely wouldn't have. Yeah, definitively no. No. Definitely no. Because back then, there was not a culture of blogging, YouTube, podcasting about voiceover, right? There was, Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, there was a couple of books, but I mean, that's that's about it. Yeah. And also, my dad... You know, I I came up in the opera world. My dad is an opera singer. My dad has done some voiceover work. He was on an episode of Arthur, and he did some ADR for Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler. Blast from the past. But he he was with Abrams, Mm. and 
he was like on their roster as an actor slash voice actor. And so I kind of thought like, okay, maybe if you're a star or if you're super established, then maybe you have an agent because obviously actors have agents. But like, that's not the way to get voiceover work now. It can't be, right? And like, I actually talked with um, the people at Abrams and I was like, hey, so I want to be a voice actor. And they were like, (laughs) (laughs) who are you, little lady? You don't know. You don't know anything. (laughs) And so... (laughs) That's how they talk at Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, online casting was the way that I got experience. And it was so the thing I love about it is that it's so immediate. Yeah. You know, it's like you you see a job posting and just like your first session. Right. You see a job posting, you audition for it. They're like, great. We loved you. Can you record the files today? Yes. You record the files. You send it back and they sometimes pay you all within a few hours. Yeah. So that's great. But yeah. What do you think people get wrong about online casting? Oh, where do you begin? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really depends where you're coming from. But I think if you go in now expecting to have happened what happened to me, you are going to be very disappointed because it is a very different world now. Not just because of the technology and the requirements and the, what people are looking for, but there's so much more competition. I mean, Voices supposedly has 2 million people, and that was the site that I joined. It wasn't that big when I joined, <laughs> you know, 13 years ago. So that opportunity to get a lot of real-world experience is still the case, but I think the quick ascent into earning money is is not really there anymore. I hear a lot of people say you shouldn't, or I have in the past heard people say, you shouldn't use your pay-to-play online casting memberships for experience. But I kind of disagree. I think it's an amazing opportunity to work on real projects, audition for real projects, learn the system, learn your recording process and how you audition, how you interpret specs, how you listen back to yourself and judge whether that's a good take and whether or not you want to do another one. The whole process is real world, throwing you in at the deep end, and there is no theoretical training program that is going to match that in terms of getting you up to spec as quickly as possible. So I think moderate your expectations for earning money on these sites quickly. I think one of the major problems with some of the sites where you're ranked is that you audition for everything and you mess with your ranking on the site early on in your career when you don't know who you are as a talent. And then as you get more developed and you figure out, oh, okay, I should audition for this and I shouldn't audition for that, you're already in a hole that you have to dig yourself out of. (laughs) So that's why a bit of research is is worthwhile. Are there other sites that rank you besides Voice123? I don't think so. I mean, who knows what the algorithms are really doing on the other sites, like how they view talent. Um, We don't know the ins and outs of it, but I know Voice123 is is the main culprit of that in terms of ranking you as a talent. I think the thing people get wrong the most is they sign up for the site, they see a bunch of auditions in their inbox, and they think that's all they have to do. Mm. is just audition for the things in their inbox. And they think that's all that exists on the site. So if you join one of the online casting sites at kind of like a mid-tier level, 
most of them are between $200 and $500 a year. Mm -hmm. um, and so people think that you paid for that membership and then everyone gets the same opportunities across the whole site. That is true on some sites, but that's not true on other sites. And there are also really two ways that you can use the sites. One, you try to match to as many jobs as you possibly can algorithmically, and you audition for all the jobs that are right for you, and then you get bookings from auditions. The other way, and this works well if you have a more niche voice, is you make sure clients go on the site and kind of use the site as a search engine to find talent. Yeah. And you need to make sure that your profile is filled out to the max for every single thing that you do well and that you are um, so that when they go on and search for you, they can find you and then uh, they will invite you to jobs directly. Now, both of these ways of using the site have one strategy that you have to do in order to succeed in both ways, and that is to fill out your profile to the max. As many demos and short samples as you can upload on there, tagged every single way that you can possibly tag it so that you are matching to all of the jobs that are posted that fit you and so that when people search for keywords on the sites, they can find you. And if you come away from this episode with nothing else about online casting sites, be sure that your profile is filled out to the maximum capacity that it can be filled out on each of these sites. Um, and each of them is slightly different, but the rule is the same for all of them. Make sure you have a great profile and you will do better. And I would also add that keep on top of site changes because they have a habit of just changing things at the drop of a hat. Keep on top of any changes because you might all of a sudden notice that, oh, I'm not getting as many opportunities now or I'm getting things that are not quite appropriate for me. And for example, recently, Voice123 changed how you tag every demo. So recently I had to go through all my demos and re-tag a lot of them so that I would be targeted appropriately for opportunities. And that can happen anytime, any day, on any site. So that's an important thing to do. And I would say also try not to rely too much on any one site <laughs> in case something fundamental changes. <laughs> or the owner of the company sells it without telling you. <laughs> yes. And then disappears into the wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, if you haven't been in the voiceover industry very long, you might not know the story of voiceovers.com. But in a nutshell, the guy who was the CEO uh, made a lot of promises that sounded really awesome and we were all really excited about this site. And then as it started to roll out, things were not uh, delivered as promised. And eventually the company was sold without a big announcement. Mm. And no one knew about it. And now it is... Who knows what it's <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. It. and all of us who paid money for these uh, memberships to be on the site, you know, like I don't I don't I don't personally know anyone who booked a job on that site. No, I don't think so. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's a weird world. And uh, for a while, a there a lot of people world. were trying to get into the sort of online marketplace game, some more successfully than others. Obviously, this was a massive disaster. <laughs> but the problem is, is that a lot of the established sites have such a huge advantage SEO-wise because of mm-hmm. the longe- longevity of their website. It's very hard to compete. Um, we talked about what you can do wrong to mess your profile up. What do the successful people do right? I think, first of all, we have to talk about the algorithms a little bit mm. so that you know how to play the algorithm in your favor. Because all of these sites are slightly different, but the information about how to use them is readily available on the website itself. Yeah. So, first of all, you want to match to as many job postings as possible. And I kind of I kind of compare it to like an online dating site, right? You say that you're looking for, you know, a male between the ages of 25 to 35 who has a college education and is 5-7 and above or whatever. And you then you will match with the people who have all of those things in their profile. It's the same with online casting sites. If someone posts a job that says they're looking for female, middle-aged, friendly, conversational, North American, and e-learning, and you have female, middle-aged, friendly, conversational, North American, and e-learning somewhere in your profile, you will match to that job. And depending on many things with the site, including your membership tier on Voice123 and your percentage on the site on Voice123 and how well you match the job on Voices.com, you'll be sent that job at various times. But you want to make sure that you at least have the opportunity to get that job. And you won't get that job if you don't have an e-learning demo or sample. You won't get that job if you don't have friendly conversational you know, North American anywhere on your profile Mm. because you just won't match to it. So if you only have a commercial demo and an animation demo, only two demos, that's only two opportunities to match to jobs. And that's only two opportunities to tag as many words as you can within those two demos. And these demos don't have to be as well produced and fully, you know, glitzed up as your main demo. They don't have to be demos at all. Yeah. You can record little like five to 30 second samples of just raw files of you reading a, you know, your car manual, <laughs> you know, yeah, and upload it as, uh, as e-learning because you're teaching something. And then you have an e-learning sample that matches you algorithmically to e-learning jobs. Mm. And I think that's where people go wrong is they think they have to be perfect and they have to have perfect things up on their online casting profiles in order to match. And and you get kind of like, you know, perfection paralysis. And um, no, really, no one's listening to your samples. No, no. Like have a few featured demos if you have professionally produced demos. But nobody's going through all of your like 50 to 200 samples and listening through every single one and being like, ooh, that one sounded like she recorded it at 5.30 a.m. Let's not hire her for this job. Or like, oh, mouth click. Yeah. Nope. Immediately, no. Yeah. It's not happening. It's just a tool to match you to jobs. Yeah. So the people who do well have tons of samples and tons of tags. Yeah, when we did our casting 
we weren't going into their profiles and listening to their regular demos. We were judging them purely on their audition. Yeah. And, you know, if they blew us away in the audition, it's not like we're going to get put off by, yeah. by a dodgy e-learning demo. Yeah. Oh, and in case you didn't hear about, in case you don't know about that, in case you're a new listener and you haven't been following me and Jamie our whole lives, which of course you have been, but just in case. <laughs> <laughs> We did um, a few months ago a promo audition for Vocation Cancun, and we posted it to all of the major online casting sites. We had around a thousand submissions from all of these online casting sites, and we used it as an opportunity. I mean, the whole thing was an exercise, really. We did actually hire a person, Morgan Meadows, to, to read our promo, but the whole thing was really an exercise to see how the online casting sites worked from the client perspective and it was so interesting yeah very interesting um and if you want to hear more about that uh the vo school podcast has an episode about our online casting experience yeah i'll link it in the um, the comments in the show yeah go to the vo school podcast and um and uh listen to that episode it's really it's very interesting I think you really the 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 one thing that you have to be aware of is that however whatever site we're talking about however you choose to operate it whether you throw a bunch of money at the problem or you know just sort of work your way up you have to be strategic with every single site and how you use it and how it relates to you and the quirks of your personality your read your voice your age your gender everything and you have to use the analytics that are available to you so the sort of likes that you get the genres and the good feedback the negative feedback things that's where you use that information to double down on where you throw your efforts in your career outside of pay to play but particularly within these sites so if you're finding you're getting a good positive feedback on your auditions in certain genres well maybe you need to throw a few more demos up in tangential genres as well or multiple versions of that same genre to try and capture every opportunity within that little area and you're really increasing your chance of of getting everything that is appropriate for you and it's it's a bit of a snowball effect because once you start figuring out exactly who you are and what the market likes about you then you put more effort in and then you get more of that work which means you are open up to more opportunities so but it doesn't that doesn't happen accidentally. <laughs> you have to kind of work that out. And um it's a kind of a constant work in progress because I've had periods where things that I was booking a lot of in previous years maybe drift away. There's a little trend shift that happens in the industry where it shifts towards maybe a different kind of a voice. And now I'm being hired for other things and so my focus changes and that is just the name of the game in voiceover as a as a rule. So um, it's no different in, in online casting. Yeah, for sure. I want to say one other thing that I that people get wrong. Yeah. I've seen so many times online. So often there often there's like a there's a sharks and the jets kind of rivalry between direct marketing and online casting yeah. people, right? Yeah. And <laughs> um it's a friendly rivalry, I think, because in the end we all wanna we all wanna impart wisdom on everyone and we all wanna book work and we all wanna be successful voice actors. Um, But one thing that the uh, 
direct marketing people say sometimes that I've seen many times online is I really prefer direct marketing because then those clients are my clients. Mm. I have those clients and they're mine. And I don't really understand that argument. And I think maybe it comes from a misunderstanding of how online casting sites work. When I book a job on Voice123, I have direct contact with that client and they become my client. Mm. Even when I book a job on Voices.com and there is a, so Voices.com does not allow you to make contact with the client outside of the site. It's against their terms of service. However, they they often come back to Voices.com and hire you again and again, and you can still message them through the platform. And I know there are lots of people who take their clients off of that site. Um, Upwork and Fiverr also only want you to interact on the platform, not outside of the platform, but people come back to those sites over and over again and hire you again and again. So it's not like it's not your client. Those people are your clients. They just happen to be hiring you through a platform or in the case of Voice123, Cast Voices, VO Planet, and these other sites that are direct client-to-talent interaction. Those clients are your clients. With Voices.com, they, they, I haven't been on the site for a while, so this may have changed, but wasn't it initially the first job that, you, that they connected you through that you were obliged to use the Voices.com service? But if they then contacted you outside of that, they... You're not locked in to that relationship through voices, or is that no longer the case? So they, I would have to read their terms of service again, but I can tell you generally, they do not want people interacting outside of the site because on the site, they take a percentage yeah. of every fee that you get, including pickup fees now. However, so when you audition for the job, in your little audition letter, you are not allowed to include any contact information or your website or anything like that. However, when you're when you're awarded the job and you're messaging with the client on the platform, sometimes it's necessary to give them your email and phone number or whatever so that you can connect via Zoom, so you can connect via Source Connect. Yeah. Maybe you're not getting emails in the Voices.com inbox as easily as you would be getting it in your own email inbox. And so I know people who, you know, just will automatically give their email address after they've they've been awarded the job and then just communicate via email. If the client comes back and wants to hire you directly, I think that that's technically against the Voices.com terms of service. Mm. It would be akin to getting a job through your agent and then the client contacts you directly and you don't include the agent in the negotiations. Although Voices.com says over and over again that they are not agents. Yeah. But, you know, people do that. I can't say people don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, you're not supposed to, but if, you know, you don't want to pay that extra 20% fee to the client, you know, it might be something that's interesting to them because they can get a discount and or you, you know, could, could potentially charge more. Um, but it is against the rules, technically. That's what I'll say on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this episode isn't online casting is better than direct marketing. We just happen to be talking about online casting today. Yeah, we'll probably do another one on direct I'm marketing. I'm sure we will, which neither of us point. do. <laughs> but some, I we'll do get, some, and we can bring in we can we'll bring, bring someone in who, a great direct marketing yes, person who can tell absolutely. us all about yeah. how they are super successful doing direct marketing. But one of the things that is really good about online casting is that you are 
making a connection with a client when they need you, particularly you. When you're direct marketing, you're sort of spraying and praying is the expression I've heard. Um, and you're just contacting... Or you pl- you're planting the seed and hoping it grows into a crop. Okay, that's that's maybe a, a nice way of putting it. Um, but yeah, you're contacting loads and loads of people in the hope that at some point one of those per- people are going to actually need you in the future. And who knows how they're keeping track or if they're even reading your email. But the cool thing about making that connection on a pay-to-play is that they're looking for you right now and you're more likely to solidify that relationship because you are helpful to them in that moment you've gone through the process of being paid by them so um how do you think ai is going to play into this with the online marketplaces do you have any concept of what that's going to look like oh no jamie sorry i said why did you have to bring the robots (laughs) into it (laughs) Okay, can we just sidetrack with AI just for two seconds? So many people are talking like they have any idea what the hell's going on with AI. And I feel mm-hmm. like no one does. I mean, very few people. There are a few people who've been talking about this. Like Jim Kennelly has been talking about this kind of stuff from Lotus Productions for years. He genuinely mm-hmm. has researched this for a long time, predicted a lot of stuff that has actually come to pass. But outside of people like that who really know this this world, I feel like we're all just guessing and waiting for the next shoe to drop with this technology who knew auto gpt was gonna be blowing chat gpt out the water like a week ago like this is a it's changing (laughs) by the day um so me asking you this question is all you know is kind of ridiculous so i said this at vo atlanta and everyone just sit down for a second (laughs) because i'm about to drop some information on you <laughs> okay and i said i said this at vocation too but um 11 labs.io makes very very realistic sounding synthetic voices and you can make a synthetic version of your voice for five dollars a month using an audio sample that is like 30 seconds two minutes long it used to be that ai uh you know you would have to have source files source material that was at least a few hours but now you know 11 labs and other platforms can create a very realistic sounding synthetic voice with very very short audio samples so when we were going to cancun i was like you know what i'm not bringing like a lot of travel equipment and i just want to see how my synthetic voice stacks up against some human voices so i did two auditions by plugging in a Voice123 script into 11labs.io and spitting out a synthetic version of my voice. And I uploaded those auditions and I told Rolf about it. And I was like, this is an experiment. And he was like, ooh, I want to see what happens. Rolf is great, by the way. He's very transparent. And for all the for all the the annoyance that people have with Voice123, there's one thing that you can't say, and that's that their CEO doesn't show up and explain all of yeah. the things that are happening. He's very very transparent and talks to us all. But anyway, one of the auditions that I submitted with my synthetic voice booked the job. Out of 50 other human auditions, <laughs> my one synthetic voice booked the job. And then Real Karin audition or uh, recorded the session the next week. And, you know, I was on a plane when I sent the audition, so I... I couldn't have recorded it in, you know, in a studio because it was impossible for many hours. 
And uh, yeah, that's one way that AI worked for me. But I see, (sighs) I think I got four synthetic voice auditions yesterday on online casting sites. Four Mm. in one day. Wow. I think a lot of the low level work will be replaced by synthetic voices. But I also think there's still a need for human voices and there will always be a need for human voices. And um, I don't think we're going anywhere. No. What are the nature of these AI auditions? Because I haven't, I don't see them. I don't see them on mine. You don't? No, I've had very, oh. li- very few. They're, uh, oh, man. So um, Tim Friedlander and I, you know, Tim's the president of the National Association of Voice Actors, and I'm the vice president. And we are also part of a group called Vocal Variants, where we only focus on AI in Vocal Variants. And so we send these job auditions and contracts back and forth to each other. And it's insane. Like some of it is, you know, we want everything. We want to create a synthetic version of your voice and be able to use it for whatever we want. And we're going to pay you, you know, 1200 bucks. Yeah. Some of them that I've seen are like, we will only use your voice for the scope of this project. The project is non-broadcast. And we will pay you a yearly licensing fee of $30,000 per year. That's a good deal. Hmm. That's something that I would entertain. But $1,200 to give up the rights to your voice forever? Especially not from an online casting site where, like, I have no idea who these people are. They're not vetted by my agent and or a casting director and or anyone else in the industry. They're just some random person who posted something on an online casting site. That's very scary to me. And the second option is is viable, especially if you can lock them down with like the Nava AI contract um, mm-hmm. to really limit their ability to use it outside of the scope of the agreement. Because um, yeah, that's the, the scary Nava thing. AI contract. The Nava AI contract is primarily for it's a contract writer, so it's an addendum to any contract that you have, and and all of you can go on the Nava website and download it and send it. To your clients. But that basically ensures that your client, the con- the purpose of the contract is for your client to promise that they will not create a synthetic voice from the source files of the session that you did with them. So like if you do a long e-learning, you might want them to sign the synthetic voice contract writer so that they don't take your e-learning files and plug it into 11 labs and create a synthetic version of your voice Mm. and or any other thing. But I feel like if you're going, if you're making a synthetic voice on purpose, you really need to be sure that whatever that contract says is exactly what you want it to say unambiguously. Yeah. And I know this isn't an AI discussion, this is pay to play, but just keeping on this sidetrack for (laughs) a second, it is relevant. The thing is, though, we get so many, there are so many TTS jobs, AI synthetic voice jobs, tons on these online casting sites. So it's definitely something to be aware of. I've seen somewhere the text for the audition is just kind of gobbledygook and you're like, oh, this is so obviously for machine learning to figure out what my voice is and to create all kinds of variants to have a a digital version of my voice. The thing I worry about is if in the future 
And the reason I say this is because I heard and I posted this in the vocation group on the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast yesterday. He said that a lot of huge brands are not interested in utilizing AI created creative, whether that be visual, audio, whatever, because they're worried about not knowing exactly where it came from and that they could be sued in the future. What I worry about Absolutely. is brands in the future just putting into a potential conflict, have you signed your voice up for an AI with some kind of usage that would preclude you from working with us because we just don't know where it's going, what it's being used for, and could lock you out sort of forever. If it's Once the cat's out the bag, you know, there's there's no getting it back. So, yeah, I'd be very, very careful about, you know, signing your your voice away for a, even a small, you know, even a medium-sized fee without really locking that down. So one thing you can do is if you see AI or TTS, text-to-speech, or synthetic voice jobs, anything, or machine learning jobs, and it looks like they are not paying enough or something about it looks off to you, report that job to whatever online casting site you found it on. Yeah. You can uh, decline the job and give a reason why. You know, because the more information that you give to these online casting sites, the more they learn about what what this genre of work should pay, shouldn't pay, what rights people want, what they don't want. And until there is some kind of guide <laughs> as far as this technology is concerned, um, you know, that's the best thing you can do. And also, it's going to change. <laughs> yeah, everything's going <laughs> to And as it changes, I think you need to, like, be in contact with these people real time. It's people that run these companies. It's not like... You know, you're not interfacing. Well, maybe you're interfacing with a robot. Ah! <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just still in the assessment phase, right? I'm just still seeing what, how the dust is going to settle on this thing. I'm, I don't feel like I'm in any rush to jump into AI. I think it's cool, and I have a couple synthetic voices. I don't but... think it's cool. I don't think it's evil. I'm just completely <laughs> like, I haven't formed an opinion on it yet. <laughs> But maybe Falco could have a synthetic voice. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to give him a real rough, let's say, I don't know, Greek accent, maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, right we've, should we get into yeah, some questions? Yeah, we've kind of blabbed on for a while. So let's. I know. Let's go to some questions. What do we have here? Okay. These are, these are good. Okay. For future reference, please keep these questions nice and short and snappy <laughs> because we're reading them live in the podcast <laughs> oh I, here's an easy one from uh billy rye the names of a few reputable folks to go over the various pay-to-play for profiles and help voiceover folks make the most of their profiles so one thing is v123 pros yep. if you're interested in optimizing your profile on voice123 uh they're fantastic and they will help you optimize your profile so I highly recommend them. There are other people who are good at optimizing profiles on those sites. I've also taught a lot of pay-to-play classes. Um, I've done some for vocation and I've done some at various conferences. That's always a good thing. But also, like, there are a lot of resources on the sites themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, voices, don't they have an, a process where you can have them 
assess your profile? Yeah, Voices has a free like assessment and they also have a home studio vetting thing that's free. And so that's good. Uh, Genevieve Bayer says, for those of us who are experienced voice actors who are pretty sure they don't suck and book plenty outside of the platform, what are some things that we might be doing wrong that are keeping us from cracking the code on Voice123? Well, I think yes. to start off with, even if you're professional and you've been working for a long time, if you're going in fresh on something like a Voice123, it's still going to take ages to get your ranking up to really take advantage of your membership tier you have to keep those in balance, you know. So I think being patient, and it's annoying when you've dropped a bunch of money to say, well, just kind of wait and see. But if you're good, you will rise up the ranking to be top 10, 20, 30%. And then you can take advantage of the membership tier so that you get in as early as possible within your tier and give yourself the best chance of booking the gig. But that takes a while and it takes being strategic. Yeah. Even though you're brilliant, you know, you could be amazing, you yeah. still have to work that and go through that process, right? I think being strategic is the is the number one uh, piece of advice that I have. Um, I have a friend actually who I, I won't say who they are, but they uh, just last week signed up for um, Voice123 for the first time and joined at the $2,200 tier and set up their profile and tag their profile every which way they are planning to work with v123 pros in the next couple of weeks to like super maximize their profile and they have submitted quite a f like i would say probably i don't know 20 auditions at this point on the site and have about four or five likes and have moved up in the ranks and are now getting better auditions. And I helped them set up their profile a little bit and said, you know, like make sure that you are only getting email notifications for things that are over $500 because you're already a pro. You don't want to see the $100 jobs. And, uh, you know, we broke up their demos and uploaded little samples and tagged them every way possible. Um, and so far it's been pretty successful, but they had to be very strategic about it. Yeah. Um, and $2,200 is not something that people just very easily just plop down on an untested online casting site. But that's the highest tier you can pay for um, without being on the platinum list, which I've been on the list now for many years <laughs> to get into the platinum tier. And just the other day, they, Voice123 contacted me and they were like, we have a spot open in the platinum tier. Do you want it? And as I was thinking about it and talking to my chat group of voiceover friends about it, I came back to say, yes, I would like it. And it was gone. <laughs> After years, they gave me 20 minutes to decide. Um, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> but just to, just to also prove how strategic you have to be, another route to just going super elite with the auditions that you go for is you could go, well, let me just go on the lowest possible membership tier for a while and actually audition and try and book a few kind of low-paying jobs that you know you can absolutely blow the competition out of the water so you get the like you get the like on your profile maybe you get a review so i think you have to get five reviews before your stars stop showing up on your profile mm -hmm. and then make that switch and go fully pro yeah up your tier membership yeah. and you're already top 20 top 30 and you can start getting these opportunities at a much higher level maybe maybe that's a quicker way up or maybe not i don't know but yeah. it really depends i think 
I mean, the other thing is you might want to join sites that don't have a tier system. Yeah. Like if you want to do well on online casting sites, uh, you might consider a site like Bedalgo, where everyone gets everything, or VO Planet, or Cast Voices, or even Voices.com doesn't send out auditions in batches based on your tier. If you join Voices.com, and Voices.com is problematic for many, many reasons. And so really do your own research and decide if that's something that you want to get into. But that might be that might be an option for you if you only have a certain amount of money and you don't want to spend a lot of time trying to build up your profile. Um, and then honestly, people use Fiverr and Upwork to have success on online casting. And that has been very successful for many people. Yeah. And Fiverr and Upwork are like a whole different thing where there aren't as many auditions. You just have to really present yourself on the site as someone that should be hired. And then, you know, you you are um, hired directly a lot more often than on these other sites. And again, like money is obviously the, the pri- primary motivator for these things, but also data acquisition is is really crucial. So maybe you're learning a lot about yourself and what you're good at and what you enjoy and what the market likes um, let's try and wrap up with one more, one little question here. I've got a little question here. Um, Ashley McKay Fowler wants to know, do you always offer slash promise finished or mastered audio or is raw audio your default and edited must be requested? Raw audio is the default. Yeah. 90% of the time they have a team of people who are putting your VO to picture and or mixing it with music I do not have the skill set as an engineer to mix and master well. That's not part of what I do as a voice actor. So people who are professional engineers, they are much better at that than I am. If someone wanted me to do that, I could play around, but I would tell them that's not my that's not my my skill set. Okay. Well, I don't know if that was comprehensive, but we we talked about our thoughts on on online casting and our experience, and um, hopefully that was helpful. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, no. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I do. Good. My final thoughts on online casting are: do what you can with what you've got, fill out your profile to the max, audition strategically, and don't get discouraged. Because most of us are auditioning a lot of times a day, and it's great practice just to audition. And, uh, yeah, just keep plugging along. Great. That's it. 